I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Your Business Boost, where today I am going to be answering your questions. I have been sent some really fabulous questions from listeners, so a huge big thank you to those of you who have taken the time to reach out. There are a few of you who have asked uh, very similar questions, uh, so I've kind of batched them together. Um, But there's also been a few questions that came to me that kind of warrant a podcast episode all of their own. So I have been in touch with those lovely women and let them know that, uh, yeah, that content is coming in a longer format because, yeah, there are some things that I just can't answer in a couple of minutes as I'm going to be doing with the questions that have come through today. And I just also wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you to you for just listening to me every single week. I know right now people are being incredibly mindful of the content that they are consuming and I encourage everyone to be really yeah, protective of yourself and what you're putting in your ears and I don't take it lightly that it's me that you pick to be part of, of what you listen to each week and my aim is to provide you with um, help and inspiration, I guess, and I just get so many beautiful DMs and, and messages from you just and it, I, I don't I don't take any of it for granted and I, I want you to know how important you are to me and yet I just I love that you listen. So thank you so, so much. So speaking of listening and having that as part of your routines, I guess I'm going to answer the first question, which has been asked by three different people in different ways. And that is about my morning routine. Do I have one? And if I do, what is it? And it's funny because when I got the question the first time, I sort of thought, oh, do I have a morning routine? And actually, yes, I do. And I would have to say, At the moment, this has probably been one of the perks of lockdown for me because ordinarily, uh, my so Ruby, my eldest daughter, she's in high school, she is out the door of a morning by 20 past seven when she's going to school. And I'm, as you know, a a single mum, two girls who are with me every school day morning. Um, And that means that ordinarily under under regular circumstances i don't have much daylight time in the mornings to myself so it, it yeah normally my mornings are dominated by what the girls need but in lockdown because they don't need to be anywhere um i have got all morning <laughs> to do what I want to do. And it has been so wonderful. So I think the thing that never changes is that I don't wake up to an alarm. I 
all my life, I just wake up naturally. I used to kind of always wake up around six o'clock, but as I've gotten older, that has become earlier and earlier. Um, and I struggle to stay asleep much beyond kind of 4.30, 4.45. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll tip into the fives and, and that's a great day. And look, I resisted this for a long time because I used to think, oh my God, you know, I can't be awake this early. I need to get back to sleep. But what would happen is I would like struggle to go back to sleep. And then I would have one of those really silly kind of deep sleeps around, you know, quarter to six in the morning. And then I would have to wake up and uh, that would just kind of make me feel even more tired. So I remember having a conversation with Helen Jacobs about this and, you know, how I was resisting it. And she just said, Michelle, maybe that is just when your body wants to wake up and you should use that time as your own time. And I was thinking, oh, yes, Helen, you have a very, very good point. And the thing is, I'm not tired in the day, even though I wake up so early. So I have learned to embrace it. What I don't do is I do not go leaping out of bed at that time. Um, usually I will lie in bed and listen to a podcast because it's still dark outside. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I, we live in a tiny house. I don't want to wake the girls up by, you know, getting up and, and being noisy. So I kind of lie in bed and listen to a podcast. And I'm very careful about what I listen to in the mornings, because obviously the first thing that I'm listening to is essentially what sets me up for the day. So it's usually something quite, um, yeah, inspiring, uplifting. Um, and yeah, that's going to put me on a good footing for the day. Then once it starts to get a little bit lighter. Um, I go out for a walk and uh, that's been wonderful to be able to do that in lockdown. I usually go for about 45 minutes. Sometimes I take my dog. Um, other times I just go on my own and really relish that time to myself. And then when I'm on my walk, I always listen to podcasts as well. Um, then I get back and uh, we, at the, you know, I, I sort of get everything ready for breakfast and then the girls and I sit down and have breakfast together always, always eat together in the morning. And we just have a little bit of a conversation about what's happening in the day. Um, I can, That's a time when I communicate with them or remind them what I've got going on during the day, um, just so that we can all be mindful of what each other has on, um, you know, where I need to sort of jump in and help um, Tilly with homeschooling and that sort of thing. So um, that's a really, you know, important part of all of our days just for setting setting us up well um, in the homeschool that we are currently running here. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I'll have a shower. I get dressed and I always get dressed properly. Like I put makeup on. Um, I'm ready. Most of my meetings throughout the day are on Zoom, even on the days when I'm not Zooming. Um, I will still, let's use my mother's term, I will always put my eyes on um, just because I feel like yeah, I look alive when I've I've got mascara and stuff on my eyes. Um, but yeah, get totally dressed and made up and then Tilly and I will do our 
we call it our morning commute because she's not walking to school or riding to school and um, obviously I'm not going to an office at the moment. So we get Jet, our dog, and we go for just a little walk. It's literally, it's barely a 10-minute kind of loop, but what it is, it just, it's that uh, line in the sand of going from domestic life into work or school life. And I'll pick up my coffee when we're out. And next question is a really great one. Comes from Lisa. She has asked me, what are some fun, unique ways of monitoring my growth potential? I think the first thing that you need to do is decide exactly what it is that you're measuring. Having something solid, having a solid goal, like saying, just the word growth can mean so many things. So I think it really helps to decide on what it is that you're measuring and then have some metrics around that. So uh, you've probably heard me use the term magic numbers before. I love magic numbers. I love setting targets and um, working towards those. So, I mean, look, you know, I will use fitness as an example, but you think of like if you have some kind, if you want to, you know, people say, I want to get fitter. Well, what does that mean? Do you want to be able to run a marathon? Do you want to be able to lift a certain amount of weight? Uh, Do you want to, I don't know, reduce your waist measurement by a certain number of centimetres or fit into a wedding dress or all the different motivations that are there for, for fitness? Think of how you're going to measure your success. Um, how are you going to know that you are doing well? You need to know what well is. You need to know what done looks like. How do I know that I have succeeded? And more importantly, you need to be able to enjoy the journey, right? Because so often what happens when people go through some kind of a transformation they are miserable for the duration of that work. And that's really, really sad. It's like, you know, you're meant to be forming habits to improve yourself. So, and I will, I'm thinking of like friends who have run a marathon, trained for a marathon, um, you know, done the hard slog with fitness and running, run in the rain and the cold and just hated it, done the event, sort of ridden on the high of doing the the marathon and then woken up the next morning and life isn't really any different. And that's that just makes me feel really, really sad because and then they never put their running shoes back on again. Like that's it. And I go, so what was all of that for? So I think you need to think about that when you are considering what it is that you are doing that is, you know, growing you, I suppose. Uh, is it, What is it to? What does success look like? Um, a great way of um, kind of monitoring your or tracking your growth is gamifying things. So I like, so I'll share with you something that I'm doing right now. Um, it was um, a little something that I've done to lighten my life, I guess, and improve my life in lockdown. So my goal was that I did not want to come out of lockdown impacted uh, physically and emotionally. So I needed to tap into the things that I knew were going to help prevent 
falling off the wagon completely with all of that sort of thing. So what I did at the point of lockdown where I kind of thought we've probably got a, a good two months to go here. So I set up a little game for myself and it's eight, it's my eight by eight. So it's eight impactful ac- activities each week for eight weeks. And I've got a list of the eight different things that I'm doing, which includes, you know, exercise, food stuff, hydration, social, but I've got them all. It's like eight things that I have to do every single week that is going to get me to my goal. Um, you can do little habit tracking. There's habit tracking apps. There's, you know, habit tracking little notepads. I've seen them. You can just write it down on a piece of paper. You could journal it. You can have some kind of a ritual maybe on a Sunday afternoon where you're reflecting on your week and capturing the things that you do that are moving you towards your goal. Um, another great way to monitor yourself is to have an accountability buddy. Have someone who knows what your goal is and, you know, they might have a goal as well. So you're like checking in on each other um, and motivating each other as well. If that's, if you, if you require that um, external accountability and I will hold my hand up here and say that I'm one of those people that I need accountability. Um, so I'm actually really glad that I've shared my little eight by eight with you. I have told a couple of people about this um, anyway, but you guys know. So, and the fun thing is that it's due to finish on the 8th of October. It was all the eights. I love the number eight. So that's just an example of a fun way that you can do this, but find the thing that works for you, but just have a really clear picture of what done looks like, what that end goal is. Um, The next question uh, comes from, uh, actually, I'm not going to say who this comes from because it's about um, learning a new job. And I know that she is in the process of looking. So, but she has asked for ways to validate my wins learning a new job. Um, And this is a big one because I see both sides of this, right? I see this from the point of view of the person that is is starting a new job, but I also see so often with the clients that I work with about how they approach new people in their business and bringing in new support into their businesses. And one of the things that we all need to accept on both sides is that there's going to be a learning curve. That is a fact. Even if you are a unicorn or you have hired a unicorn, the most unicorn of unicorns has never worked in your business or done this particular job before. So there needs to be um, some space given to them for them to learn. Um, and I, I, I see there is not often emphasis put on this, and this is where people are literally set up to fail. So I think for you, um, when you're, when you're on the flip side, when you are the person coming into the business is to focus on mastering individual things and, like celebrate that, okay? It's like I, I yesterday I did not know how to do this. Today I do. It's like I talk about ta files. It's like this is 
the you know your file or your list or you can call it like your evidence file or whatever the proof that you are doing a good job like uh, yesterday I couldn't do this today I can last week I couldn't do this now I can and it is that rinse and repeat that doing things we learn by doing right you can you can read about how to do something you can you can have someone tell you how to do something but it's not until you actually do it yourself that you are going to really validate how bloody good you are at that job the other thing that i want you to remember too is to to communicate so often when we go into a new job it's almost like we um, you know, that imposter syndrome can really kick in because it's like, oh my God, this is my dream job, or this is the job that I've wanted for so long. And we, we're scared of making a mistake. We're scared of failure. We're like, oh my God, if I do something wrong, or if I don't get it right the first time, um, uh, you know, they're going to think I'm an idiot, or I don't know what to do, or blah, 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 blah. And I just think you need to be a grown up about this. And you need to have conversations. You need to ask questions. You need to, you know, if your new boss, and God, I hope that they are the sort of company that have a really open communication policy um, and give you the chance to master the the different elements of your role. Um, But if they don't, then you need to implement that for yourself. It's like, okay, new manager, could we have a daily check-in? Could we could we carve out 15 minutes at the top and the bottom of the day to just for me to ask you questions and then I'm not going to interrupt you 50 times a day? Or you could have someone that says to you, hey, look, first week, I am an open book. You can tap into me all through the day, all day, every day. But yeah, it, you need to have some kind of communication system in there uh, to make sure that you are able to get your job done. Um, the other thing that I want you to to just remember is remember where you started, right? Coming back to that whole thing, what you were capable of yesterday and what you're capable of today, but also why you wanted it. Just keep that front of mind because sometimes it can be overwhelming when you start a new job and you're learning all of the things. But if you just keep that front of mind, then that will help when you sort of think, oh my God, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Um, Just remember why you're there. And good luck. I know you're going to nail it. I know you and you're going to be brilliant. Next question is also on the uh, sort of job hunt front. And that is, uh, how would you say is the best way to hone in on the skills that you have that are valuable to other people? Now, this is something that I had to work through myself when I left my job in the TV world. Um, I worked in television for 10 years in the same, in the same, exactly the same kind of role. Um, And it was a real challenge. I knew that I wanted to get out. I knew that I didn't want to work in that world anymore, but I had absolutely no clue 
where I was going to go, what I was going to do, and more the point, what was what I could do that was actually valued outside of my current role. And it is really tricky when we are in a situation to even imagine what a life would be like outside of it. Um, and sometimes it's only once you're out of it that you can actually say, hey, God, you know, I, I, I am good and I've got great skills and I should be using them. Um, so I think the first thing that I would consider doing is get, if you can't see it yourself, is to get some outside influence. So whether that is, you know, loved ones are great for this, for being, you know, our cheerleaders. But I think from a professional standpoint is, is chatting to, you know, former colleagues and clients and people that know you and see you and, and just sort of, I mean, it sounds almost like conceited. It's not, but like just to get some insights from them as to what they think you are really good at. And you can, I mean, you can try doing this yourself when you just think about, okay, what am I the go-to person for? You know, what do people come to me for all the time? What is that almost the thing that that I'm I'm known for? What am I that go-to person. So if you think about uh, someone in a role like um, like an executive assistant, for example, okay, like there's so many things that they do in their roles, but it could be that they are always called upon to organize team events, team away days or something like that. And the feedback is always incredible. It's like, you're a mate, you know, you name, I say, your name's Amy. You're Amy, the executive assistant. It's like, Amy, these are always fantastic. The feedback's brilliant. Everyone has a great time. And even though there are probably a number of people in the organization who could be organizing these, or you could just outsource it to a you know, another company or whatever, you are the one that's always called upon to do this because you just have a knack for pulling together really amazing team bonding days or whatever, team development days. So then you could consider, okay, like I'm sick of being an executive assistant. I, you know, sick of organizing meetings and people's diaries and that kind of thing. You, you know, you would then consider, well, geez, like I love this events organizing side of things. I love the, you know, organizing the team. So then you could consider applying for jobs in maybe like a training company or a company that specializes in doing these kinds of team events or whatever, or you could start your own business doing that. So it's just thinking about what, where is the spotlight on you? What is the spotlight on you? What are you the go-to person? Um, And just looking for those transferable skills. I see this a lot with mums who are returning to the workforce after taking time out from having babies, especially if they have had like a big sucky corporate career that has, you know, led them to working 16-hour days and, and, and you know, compromising their health and all of that sort of thing. And then they have a baby and they go, I do not want to go back to that, but I've got absolutely no idea what I should be doing now. So it's 
tapping into those transferable skills, the things that, you know, they might have had five years out from having kids. And I hate that whole thing of like, oh, well, you know, I haven't worked for five years. It's like you have bloody worked your ass off for the last five years. You just haven't been paid for it. So there are transferable skills that come from that, you know, working as a, at home, um, raising a family, and they are vital. I mean, if you want something done, you give it to a busy mum and it will get done, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, just look at where the spotlight is. Look at what those transferable things are that you could lift out of a current role and transplant into another one in a potentially completely different industry. The other thing that I also wanted to tap on to here was that just because you are good or skilled at something, it doesn't mean that you need to make a career out of it, okay? Um, It could be something that you apply in your personal life or as a hobby or vice versa. There could be a passion of yours that you may want to turn into a career, um, but you've ne- you've just never been paid money for it before. So just, yeah, I think it's having that open thinking of the whole of you, not just, you know, career you, as I, and I'm using air quotes here. So I hope that that has helped you. Um, the next question is, Michelle, can you please share some tips for staying focused? I'm easily distracted at the moment. You and me both. I think this is something that so many people are struggling with at the moment. I actually did an Insta Live on this um, when lockdown very first started. Um, little did I know that we would still be here. Um, so I will share a couple of tips um, that I shared then. Um, my first sort of port of call when I'm trying to deal with like or keep myself focused is working from a clean and tidy physical space. Now, everyone has a different version of clean and tidy, but my whole philosophy is like cluttered workspace equals a cluttered mind. And that means, you know, what's on my desk, what I can see around me. And I think the danger of us all or a lot of us working at home at the moment is our domestic life is all around us. So that basket of washing is winking at us. You know, there's the dishes on the sink that haven't been put away and we're working on the dining table and we can see them all day long Um, or whatever the various things are. Um, The fridge, oh, my God, the fridge is right there. We can just keep going to it all the time. It's a big distraction. So um, tidy up. That is my first thing that I will say to you. Pack down at the end of every single day and just tidy up your workspace so that when you come to work each day, and when I say come to work, it could just be, you know, walking to your dining table or whatever it is, um, it is physically tidied up. Hide things away. If you are distracted by the washing basket, put it in another room and lock it away. Like just don't let it distract you. Um, That also goes for your physical space as well. Don't have, oh God, I I saw someone's desktop the other day. They shared their screen with me on a Zoom and 
I actually can't remember who it was and I, you know, we laughed about it at the time. So if you're listening, you, you know it, you know who you are, but they shared their screen and I'm not joking. Like there was, there would have been like 50 tabs open across the top of their screen. I nearly had a heart attack. So minimize how many tabs you have got open. Or I know that there are like Chrome extensions and stuff that kind of gather them all together um, into one sort of note kind of thing. And um, you can't see them all open. So it's just like focus on one thing at a time digitally as well. So keep your digital space clean. Um, the other thing in and staying on that sort of digital focus is um, muting all of your notifications. Don't get pinged by emails when you're not looking at emails or WhatsApp messages or, oh God, Uber Eats. Like why are they messaging me all the time? Like there are some things that, you know, I, I can never have heard from and then all, I mean, I've had the Uber Eats app for, I don't know, a year and all of a sudden, I now get these messages saying, hey, you know, go and buy some more Char-Grill Charlie's chicken. I'm like, no, I'm trying to be sensible. So, um, yes, just mute all your notifications. Take things off your phone completely if, um, it, if, you, if you find yourself getting sucked down the rabbit hole of Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. Like, just remove the app completely. Delete it. I did that um, at the beginning of the year when I went on, um, like when I had a summer break, um, I took all apps off, um, like all the yeah, Instagrams and, and that sort of thing off my phone. And if they're not there, it just creates friction. You can, even if you wanted to go on to them, you are going to have to reload the app. And just having to go through that process might make you think twice about getting really distracted. Um, or you can just move them like into a folder and then move that folder onto like, you know, off your home screen so that you're just, you're not automatically going to that spot. Um, working to your chronotype, I think is another thing. The great aspect of working at home is that for early birds we can we can work early and for the night owls we can you know you can work into the night if if that's how you choose like sort of make I guess I'm saying make the most of when you are most productive and 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 do your work then and on that subject like make time to be distracted. I know that sounds really weird, but we need a bit of mindlessness in our lives. Like I think we're just, there's so much going on at the moment and we can get, it can be all consuming and, you know, especially working from home, there is that tendency to just keep working. But, you know, when you're working for yourself, the to-do list is never done. So you need to have like a hard finish to the day. But throughout the day, schedule some time for distractions. You know, one of my um, that I've suggested before, which works really well, is like, you know, while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, like to make a cup of tea, if that's when you want to have a little flicko through Instagram, then do it like it's not like you can do an awful lot else while while the kettle's boiling um eating lunch you might um want to use that time to 
I don't know, read a trashy book or, um, you know, listening to um, podcasts or whatever. Like just look at ways in which you can incorporate the things that you get distracted by into your life in a more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, in a more conscious way. Like, you, you know, the things that you keep defaulting to, it's like, okay, why? Why am I doing this? What is the pattern here? What am I? What do I feel like I'm missing out on when I keep going back to these things that are causing me to shift focus? But I think if you can remove the distraction, uh, that will help. Um, and then the other thing that I would say too is is time blocking really helps. So there are methods, all sorts of methods that you can use in terms of like scheduling your to-do list. There's the Pomodoro method where you're literally racing against the clock to finish tasks. Um, You can set alarms on your phone. Um, There are apps that you can use to help you stay on task. Um, And then the other big distraction in our house at the moment are people because there are little humans here who aren't normally working in my space. Um, and obviously, you know, they're, they're, they've got their work and their things that they need to get through in the day themselves. So I think the really important thing that works, and I touched on this earlier when I talked about the morning routine, um, is communication, is just communicating with the other people in your house. Okay, this is what I need to get done today. Um, I need I need you to be quiet. Like I'll say to the girls, I'm, I've got a I'm recording a podcast interview. Do not disturb. Like, don't come in the door. Um, if Jet barks, go and get him. Like, you know, we just have the conversation, and and that usually, and I say usually, it's not perfect, but it usually prevents um, a lot of that distraction. But I have I have written a blog post about. Um, dealing with distractions and it is on my website. So if you go to michellebroadbent.com.au forward slash um, blog, it is, I think it's about two or three articles back. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's when I wrote that one. Um, now the final question, and this is gorgeous. And actually a few people did ask me this question was how are you and the girls going in lockdown? And, um, as I illustrated in, in the first question that I answered, um, discussing our morning routine, there are, there are upsides and there are not so upsides, but on the whole, we are doing absolutely fine. I think the, the days are just going really quickly. Um, we're doing the best that we can do each day. Um, you probably see um, sometimes when things go a little bit demented, I do, I will share some things on my stories just because I'm about keeping it real. It is definitely not perfect. I am an incredibly um, impatient person and I find year five homeschooling incredibly frustrating. But then I look at it and go, well, thank God I am not teaching 
them how to read or add up or I'm trying to keep a four-year-old um, entertained or I don't have a brand new baby and toddler or, you know, there's so many other um, things that could be worse. So, you know, Ruby could be doing a HSC. Thank God she's not. You know, like I just look at all of that and I go, we have got it pretty good. It is intense, obviously, us all being under the same roof all of the time. Um, as I explained earlier, the girls are with me every school day um, and then they go to their dad's um, one weekend a fortnight, which I have to say is my like absolute sanity saver. I love my daughters to death, but it's, it's a lot when you, when you're doing it on your own. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, but they're great kids and we make it fun. Like we have fun things that we do. We are fortunate that we are doing this in a really beautiful part of Sydney where we have a lot of open spaces. We don't have very many case numbers near where we live. Um, so, you know, we're, I have a gajillion beaches and walking tracks in my local area. So we're just making the most of that and, and yeah, just putting one foot in front of the other and know that we will get out of this. And like last year's lockdown, it'll become a distant memory. But thank you for the many people that that asked that question. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing fine. And yeah, just hoping that you are as well. Um, and yeah, just sending big, big love to you. So that is all the questions that um, I'm going to be answering today. As I said earlier, there are a couple of questions that I got that actually warrant an entire episode. Um, so those episodes um, I will be bringing out later in the year. Um, but as always, please get in touch with your feedback, with any other questions that you might have, because I will be doing these less listener Q&A apps periodically. Also, while I have you, I just wanted to let you know that Apple did an, I'm sure you've noticed, have done an absolute number on the Apple podcast app. And some people had issues getting new episodes on time, like on a Monday when they landed. Um, I believe that that has been fixed now. I believe that the newest update of the iOS or whatever it is has has fixed that. If you want to ensure that you get an episode on time every single week, the best way that you can ensure that happening is actually to subscribe or follow this program. I would really, really appreciate it if you did because, um, and I know that every podcast host says this, but it is actually the truth. If you are subscribed or following, it just it, it helps you, but it also helps me and it helps other people find me. And, you know, I want this to be heard by as many people as possible and help as many people as possible. So if you haven't already done that, if you wouldn't mind, the episode's about to finish, you can hop off and do that right now and ensure that you get your episodes every single week on a Monday morning when they land. Uh, have an incredible week. Um, thanks again for listening as always, and I will speak to you next week. Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. 
And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Bye.